So what I've done is I said, okay, I want to create wealth fast. And so I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach people how to build their businesses faster because it works better fast. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So, I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty-gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, we heard from Myron Golden. This powerhouse beloved entrepreneur is a high ticket stage seller who gave an excellent tactic surrounding the power of the repitch. Whether you speak on stage or not, you can use this tactic in your business. But before you go listen to that, stick around. I've got Myron Golden on for a deep dive episode. Myron takes us on an incredible journey to simplify how to have massive impact and generate massive wealth in the process. This is one you do not want to miss. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am here with the amazing and brilliant Myron Golden. Myron, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Absolutely my pleasure. Love it. Okay, so I just wanted to introduce this incredible entrepreneur. I'm going to give him a chance to share his story and then blow our minds with his brilliance. So Myron is a high demand, is is in high demand as a speaker and trainer in the areas of sales, marketing, business development, and financial literacy, literacy and has over 27 years of experience. He's also a best-selling author, songwriter, and the owner of a record label. Myron has consulted clients whose businesses are doing seven and eight figures in revenue using the business optimization strategies that he teaches. His students are making tens of thousands of dollars per month, and he can show anyone how to turn their passion into profits. He teaches everyday people how to become wealthy, often using skills they already have. And from personal experience, I've had the opportunity to hear Myron teach on a regular basis in the Two Comma Club program, uh, Russell Brunson's coaching program. And Myron always has this amazing way of bringing complex problems that we often feel are complex and he just simplifies it. He calms us down. He's just like, look, you got this. Go do this simple strategy. And you're like, oh, Myron where were you? And I was freaking out for the last 48 hours or whatever, whatever it has been. So as someone who has personally benefited from your teaching, watching you on stage at events and online, just thank you so much for the value that you are bringing to the world as you share your experience and your heart. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. So for, for those listeners that aren't as familiar with your story, how did you become this, this, amazing entrepreneur who who can just command the stage and demand that every minute of his time is just so valuable that people are you know flocking to work with you well I, I think it's a couple of things and I think that something anybody could do if everyone was willing to do and that is I was willing to be bad long enough to get good and most people want to be instant 
consistently great at everything they do. And unfortunately, life doesn't just doesn't work that way. Um, I got started in sales as an entrepreneur long before you were born, probably. Okay. Um, so I got started in October of 1985. And I started in the sales arena. And um, I was involved with a company that sold insurance and investments. And I was woefully awful. I was so bad at sales. And I know you're thinking, how bad could you possibly be? I was so bad. It took me a year and a half to make my first sale. Like literally started October of 1985, didn't make my first sale until April of 1987. My first commission check was $125.66. And um, I was like, I thought I was good, right? Until the evidence proved otherwise. And, but what did happen after I made that first sale within a few months, I was the top salesperson in our, our office almost every month after that. And I had people ask me, so, so what happened that took you from this guy who couldn't make a sale to all of a sudden being this guy who becomes the top salesperson in the office month after month after month? And the answer is, I was willing to be bad long enough to get good. I ran out of all the ways that wouldn't work. The only thing I had left was ways that would. And most people aren't willing to go through that much trial and error to eliminate the error and only go with what works. I love that. You're like, there was nothing else that I could do that could go wrong. So <laughs> to start working. I ran out of everything that wouldn't work. I went through everything that wouldn't work, finally stumbled upon something that would. And I said, oh, well, let's use that one again. And kept doing that same process in other arenas over and over and over again until now, you know, I went from not being able to make a sale in a year and a half and my first check being $125.66 to like having situations where I do a million dollars in an hour in sales or $3.8 million in sales in 30, 27 minutes um, and, and like having multiple six-figure hours and multiple seven-figure hours in sales versus when I first got started. But it was the process, the process that people avoid is the very process that will turn them into the person they desire to become. Mm. We need to like make social memes of that all over the internet. <laughs> Indeed. So let's, so let's dive into that. Like I would love for you to share some of the experiences that, that happened for you at, to figure out how to, um, shrink time essentially and do and do things in such a shorter amount of time by providing more more and more value to people sure it, it's really interesting like the way people think is kind of backwards most people think of the marketplace and if you want to struggle as an entrepreneur think of the marketplace oh hmm i want i have this thing that i love i wonder who i could sell it to right and so i'm thinking of the marketplace but if you want to be successful in business you have to learn to think from the marketplace you have to look at the marketplace, figure out what do they desire? What's the hole that's in their life? What's missing for them? And when I think from their perspective and I work my way backwards, I don't ever bring the marketplace something I want to sell them. I only bring them things they want to buy. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I love that so much. So what was the process for you in realizing that you could be this business strategist? Like how did you get from being the top salesperson to now like saying, I can help other people with this as well. 
Yeah, that was a long journey, but a worthwhile one. Um, I started out in network marketing and I was horrible in network marketing. I was horrible in sales. I was horrible in recruiting. I was horrible at every, anything that had to do with network marketing. I was bad at all of it um, until I got okay. And then I got good and then I got really good. And by the time I got really, really, really super good, I was just exhausted from building business, building business teams and then having some network marketing company owner make a stupid move that caused my organization to go away and caused all my business volume to go away. Like if I'm going to build an opportunity and some knucklehead's going to mess it up, I'm going to be the knucklehead that's going to mess it up. So in 1999, I decided I'm not going to do network marketing anymore. So I did network marketing for 14 years, 1999. I decided I'm not going to do or 2000. I don't remember 1999 or 2000. I'm not going to do this anymore but there are a lot of people who want to do network marketing. Why don't I just teach them all this stuff I learned how to do? So I started out teaching network marketers how to make money in network marketing instead of struggling in network marketing like most people do. And so I created a four audio cassette training program, right? Audio cassette, right? Like what's an, audio cassette, right? what's an audio cassette, right? Four audio cassette training called Bigger, Better, Faster Network Marketing. This is how you build your network marketing organization bigger. This is how you build it better. This is how you build it faster. Because network marketing works better fast. Creating wealth works better fast. We've all been warned about get-rich-quick schemes and how terrible they are and all that. But the reality is wealth is measured more in time than it is in money anyway. For instance, if you make a million dollars, are you rich? The answer is it depends. What does it depend on? Well, if you make $25,000 a year, Sam, and you start working at age 25 and you work to age 65, you've made a million dollars. Are you rich? No. If you, no, you're not well, rich. Well, I mean, depending made, on. Yeah, depending on if you didn't have to pay any taxes and you saved every penny, then you have a million dollars, right? But that we know that didn't happen, right? So, but if you make that same million dollars in the next 12 months, are you rich? And the answer is yes. What's the difference? The difference is how fast you made it. So we've been warned about get rich quick schemes, but nobody's warned us about the stay broke for the rest of your life scheme. Maybe that's why everybody's taking that, right? So what I've done is I said, okay, I want to create wealth fast. And so I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach people how to build their businesses faster because it works better fast. Why does network marketing work better fast? Why does internet marketing work better fast? Why does real estate work better fast? Why does building wealth work better fast? Well, because you get momentum on your side. It's like, it's like all principles always work the same for everybody, but something I learned from a conversation I had with a physicist on a plane from California to Baltimore one time is that all principles are microcosms of each other. Which means if you take a principle from one arena, you put it in another arena, it still has to be true. So the principle of momentum, if it's true, if momentum is a real principle and it works in motion, like an object in motion will continue in motion and pick up speed and velocity until and unless it's acted upon by an outside force, right? So the, the, that's the principle of momentum, the law of momentum. Well, if that's true here, it has to also be true in business. So if I get momentum working, if I'm doing something fast, then momentum is working for me. But if I'm going slow, momentum is working against me. I don't, work, I don't want momentum working against me. So in anything in life, we have to follow the laws of physics because the laws of physics govern how we experience life on this planet. So 
One of the laws of physics is the law of momentum. Another, the opposite law of the law of momentum would be the law of inertia. An object at rest will remain at rest until and unless it's acted upon by an outside force. So what I have to figure out how to do is I have to figure out how to become the outside force that acts on my financial situation to overcome inertia and start building momentum. Mm. Yes, I love that so much. So, so, and as a person, I have to allow an outside force in the form of a coach or a mentor or a guide act on me so that they can get me unstuck from my inertia and help me build momentum. So it's a principle. So you just take it from one arena and you apply it to another arena. And what most people don't realize is that everything reproduces after its own kind. So procrastination creates procrastination, but momentum creates momentum. That's why one of the things that I like to do is to teach people the fastest path to cash. Because the fastest path to cash is going to be the best path, usually, provided that it's moral, legal, and ethical, obviously. But just in case there are any shady characters listening to this interview, I wanted to make sure they knew they did not qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, so, um, man, I have so many questions from, from everything you just said. I love it. So, um. Tell, tell me a little bit about like one of the things that I love that I love as I listen to you is you have this gift with words. It's you, you have ways of you saying something one way and then changing it just slightly to mean something completely different that like causes a light bulb to, to go off in your mind. Hmm. I would love for you to speak into like if that's just a God given gift that you've been given or if it's something that you've developed over time from your study of, of the word or other works of literature, but like, how, how do you bring these ideas? And you, and I've watched you like bring ideas from, from physics and from religion and from business, like, and from personal development, just from all over the place to like really dial people in. Like where, how did, where, how did you develop this, this gift of yours? Um, probably just by being like really super curious. Like I'm our I'm the most curious George maybe of all time. Certainly one of them. I'm, I'm interested in things that, that make a difference. Like I'm not interested in the weather report, for instance, because the weatherman's wrong 90% of the time. So why would I care what he says? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm not interested in the news. I don't watch the bad news. You say, what do you mean you don't watch the bad news? I don't watch the bad. They call it the news, but it's not the bad news. It's the bad news right? They want to tell you everything's going wrong in the world. Well, I don't want to fill up my mind with problems that I have no ability to solve because that'll rob me of all of my energy to solve the problems I can solve, right? So I don't watch the bad news. So, um, but I'm curious about how things work because, because all principles are microcosms of each other. And if I learn how, if I can learn something about physics or I can learn something about mathematics or I can learn something about about philosophy, or I can learn something about communication, and I can see how these things cross over. Now I can see that it's all like, oh, it's a pattern. And then you can show people this pattern fits here, and this pattern fits here. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of how my brain, I guess it's how I've trained my brain to work and to see this relationship between seemingly unrelated things. Um, there's a book that I read a long time ago um, by Carmine Gallo called The Innovation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And he talked about 
the brilliance of Steve Jobs was the fact that he could see all this seemingly unrelated stuff and see how it all really connected together and then give you a finished product that says, here, this is going to make your life better. And everybody says, oh, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, right? But Steve Jobs could see the connection before the connection existed. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm no Steve Jobs by any stretch of the imagination, but I do have the ability to see connections, potential connections before those connections actually exist. And when I point out those connections and like show people that this could be a potential connection that you could use, then they're like, oh, wow, I never thought of it like that before. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's just how much, like if you, if you don't know anything, then you don't have anything, if, you if you're not curious about things, then and you only know about one thing, you don't really have anything to compare that one thing to. So you think that the world is the way that you understand this one thing, right? Um, my brother Jeff always says, you can't draw water from an empty well. So I like to perpetually fill up my well with how life works, and that way I'm not caught off guard. I can think of something that I did over here that reminds me of something I'm working on over here. I say, well, if I take this principle from over here and apply it to this over here, maybe something magic can, can maybe, maybe something magical can happen. Um, which is really interesting because there are a lot of people who are curious, but they're only curious about things that don't make their life any better. They want to know what the queen wore today. They want to know, they want to know about, Prince, whatever his name is, and Meghan Markle, Morgan, Megan, Megan Markle. I, I'm not. I'm probably not even saying their names right. No, you did great. I know it's one of those Prince dudes and Megan, the actress girl who got married to him. They want to know all the details about that. I don't care because it doesn't affect my life. I'm not curious about that. I'm not curious about the weather. I'm not curious about what somebody else's opinion of a particular philosophy, um, whether it be a a uh, religious philosophy, a governmental philosophy, a political philosophy. I'm not really interested in other people's opinions that don't affect my life. I'm interested in how life works because I have to live on this planet. So how do things work on this planet? If I can figure that out, then I can either stack the odds in my favor or if I don't figure it out, well, then the odds are going to be somebody who does understand how it works can stack the odds against me. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, in the way I'm translating that is you are really dialing in on the laws that govern the universe and you understand that you are also governed by those laws. And so you have to understand so that, you know, work, if I work and if I work with those laws, they work for me. But if mm -hmm. I work against those laws, they work against me. Mm -hmm. I, that's not, that's not a battle I can win. I cannot disprove the law of gravity. I can only illustrate it. Right, I'm not gonna jump off my roof. I'm gonna defy the law of gravity. No, you're gonna illustrate the law of gravity. That's not a battle you can win. And so many people wanna fly in the face of the way things work because they don't like the way it's set up. But because they didn't set it up, they don't really get a choice. You, you don't have to like it, but you're gonna have to deal with it. You either, like, you either abide by the laws of how things work or you're broken by them. That's how, mm. that's it. I love that. Yeah, a big insight that I had about that was um, recognizing that planes can fly because of gravity. Yes. Like, and exactly. so that's like what you mean, like getting, when you understand the law to a point where it can work for you, you no longer would fall from your roof when you jump, but you would be able to take off. Exactly, because the only thing that can circumvent a principle is a more powerful principle. And so the law of lift is more powerful than the law of gravity. 
But if you don't have gravity, you can't have lift. So anyway, anyway. I love it. I, I, I know people are thinking, is this a science podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it is today. Um, but like you say, those principles, right? They, they, are, they apply in multiple contexts. Yeah. For instance, like how do we take a principle like speed, for instance, like, okay, speed equals um, um, mass times velocity, right? So, so how do we take that principle and apply it to creating wealth? Well, here's how we take that principle and apply it um, to creating wealth. It is easier to make great strides than it is to make small advances. If you and I get in a race and you're running, you're probably going to beat me because I had polio as an infant and you didn't, right? So I've got a brace on my leg and you don't. So if we get in a race, you're going to win. But we could get in the same race. In fact, we could get in a race and you could run a mile and I could go two miles and I could beat you. How's that possible? If I'm on a bicycle, I can go farther, faster, and use less energy, right? Why? Well, because we can always make up and leverage what we lack in ability. I can give you the, you can go two miles, I can go four miles, I can still win if I'm in a car. Mm. Right? I can give you the car, you can go 50 miles, I can go 100 miles, I can still win if I'm on a plane. And we can keep doing that. The difference is, if I find better leverage, I don't have to be naturally better than you, faster than you, stronger than you. All I have to do is find leverage that's more powerful than you. And leverage is something where input multiply. Leverage is a mechanism that multiplies the output of a specific input, right? So what does that have to do with anything? Well, because I know in transportation, it's easier to make great strides than it is to make small advances. I'm going to use less energy, go farther, faster on a bicycle than anybody can go running. I'm going to use less energy in a car and go farther, faster than anybody can use a bicycle. Same thing with a plane versus a car, a jet versus a plane. You can go farther, faster, use less energy. Okay. So if that's a principle in the physics, in the realm of transportation, it also has to be true in the area of finance because all principles are microcosms of each other. So how does that translate? into finance. Here's how it translates. It is easier to make a lot of money in a short period of time than it is to make a little money over a long period of time. Now, most people don't experience that. Why? Because they've been programmed by the miseducational misdirectional system, aka government indoctrination camps, schools, colleges, etc., to run as fast as they can financially to make as much money as they can. But for those of us who understand there is a better way, we slowed down running. In fact, we stopped running long enough to find better leverage. And that's what, that's what internet marketing is. It's better leverage. That's what, that's what ClickFunnels is. It's better leverage. That's what Facebook's, Facebook ads are. That's better leverage. That's what, that's what a marketing funnel is. It's better leverage. That's what a sales conversation is. It's better leverage. So if I stop running as hard as I can doing the thing I've been programmed to do, it's going to make me tired, more tired and more broke. And I just stop and say, okay, well, what kind of leverage can I find that can help me make more money, multiply the output of the same input. So when I was making $12,000 a year, I was working way harder, way harder, like many, many, many times harder then I work now making six, multiple six, and sometimes seven figures a month. Mm. 
And some people say, well, that doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't make sense with no leverage. It's not possible. But with leverage, it makes all the sense in the world. I promise you, anybody listening to this right now, Bill Gates doesn't work as hard as any of us. Why? He has better leverage. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I love, I love that so much. Leverage has been something that I've been really thinking about in, in my own business because um, I find myself getting caught in, in that trap of feeling like, well, I'm working hard, so I must be doing great or getting results. But sometimes I'm like, my, my revenue isn't changing. Like even though I'm working twice as hard and I have to like stop and think and be like, okay, I'm obviously share, not using the leverage. Can I share with you the ultimate leverage in business? Please. Well, in my opinion, because I could be wrong. I mean, the last time I thought I was wrong, I was wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so, so the ultimate leverage in business is three things. You want to have, make sure that you have the right business market, the right business model, and the right business message. You optimize those three things going to be really, really, really super hard not to create massive, crazy wealth. Okay. So the right business model, what does that mean? Right? So there are several different business models. There is what I call the entrepreneur business models. The entrepreneur business model looks like this. L LP times LV equals entrepreneur. With the LP, LP, low profit, times LV, low volume, entrepreneur. So you have a product that when you sell it, it makes you $5. You only sell it every so often. You think you're in business, but you don't make any money. You want to be an entrepreneur, so you're a entrepreneur. That's not a good business. You're not going to create wealth as an entrepreneur. And a lot of people who get started selling things on eBay or maybe in network marketing or maybe in even e-commerce or they they, their profits are so small and they make sales so seldom that there's no way to create wealth. They can't get any momentum. They can't get unstuck from inertia, right? So the next one is a Waltrepreneur. Wall, W-A-L, Waltrepreneur. What's a Waltrepreneur? LP times HV equals Waltrepreneur. Why do I call it a Waltrepreneur? Because Sam Walton perfected Waltrepreneurism, Right? Low volume, low, low profit, high volume. He's like, I never want his, one of his, one of his like foundational principles of Sam Walton, who by the way, was the richest man in the world by far. He was way richer than Bill Gates and Warren Buffett put together. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like, like when he died, he was so rich that his wife and his children became the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth wealthiest people in the world after Bill Gates became number one because they, he split up his wealth between them. Bill Gates moved into number one, and they became two, three, four, five, and six. All tied at two, three, four, five, and six. Okay, you're picking up what I'm putting down. So, so um, the um, Waltrepreneur, um, Sam Walton said, I never want to make more than 30%. If I get a better deal than that, I'm going to pass that deal on to my to my um customers so sam walton perfected entrepreneurism then um um e-commerce e-commerce leveled the entrepreneur playing field now 
average ordinary folks or everyday folk can go on, um, they can go on Shopify, they can create a store on Amazon, and they can become their, their own version of a entrepreneur and make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars selling wallets or selling, selling iPhone cases or selling reading glasses, right? Just stuff that they can, low profit, high volume, they make so much volume, they only make 30 cents every time they sell one, but they sell 400 units a day, right? And they never have to touch it, they just push a button, click it and have it shipped. Okay, entrepreneurs. Like, that's great, and it's a real business model, and people are creating wealth doing it. Not my favorite business model, because I don't like minutia, like little small things that you have to manage. So, but that's a good business. Entrepreneurism is a real thing, can make you rich, right? Then you have what I call the entrepreneur. What is the entrepreneur business model? Entrepreneur business model works like this. HP times LV equals entrepreneur, and that is... High profits times low volume equals entrepreneur, right? You can have a high profit product. Maybe it makes you $1,000, right? And you don't sell that many of them. Let's say you sell 10 of them a month. You're making $10,000 a month. You're an entrepreneur. You make two and a half sales a week. You're, an, you're a real entrepreneur. You have a real business that generates $10,000 a month for you. That's a real business. 10,000 a month is not wealthy. 20,000 a month is not wealthy. It, it probably feels wealthy if you were used to making 2000 a month, but it's not wealthy. 30,000 a month is not wealthy, but it feels wealthy. Right. I, anyway, so like it's a great business model for an entrepreneur. So you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you make 30,000 a month, you're making 360,000 a year. You feel like you are King Tut. If you keep your lifestyle really small, like, Hey, I can buy anything I want to buy, go anywhere I want to go. Anytime I want to go there, I don't have to ever think about how much it costs. I can go to a restaurant. I can read the menu from left to right. Instead of reading it from right to left, oh, $7 chicken again. Right. I don't have to do that anymore. Right. So, um, so then you've got my favorite business model, which I call the wealth entrepreneur business model. This is my favorite. This is the, this is Myron's playground. This is the arena in which I like to play. This is where I hang out when I'm working, even though I only work part-time. Um, I, can, I can do that because I operate in wealth entrepreneurism. What's wealth entrepreneur? A wealth entrepreneur business model is HP times HV equals wealth entrepreneur. What's HP times HV? HP is high profit. What's HV? High volume. Now you're wealthy. What's eight? What do I, when I say HP, I'm talking about something that makes you $20,000 profit or $30,000 profit and you sell 10, 20, 30 of those puppies a month. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And you have a system and the system doesn't really, re after you build the system, the system doesn't really require you do a lot of the work. So in my business where we've got our 30 and 40,000, they are 30 and $40,000 programs that we sell that the majority of which 60 plus percent of its profit because we run a very lean machine um, is it only takes me two days to fulfill. Wow. Right. Right. So that's a pretty cool business model. Now it takes some time to fulfill. And, and I might have to work two or three hours a day, three or four days a week, in addition to those two days. But I like, like, I wouldn't trade my business for somebody who's making $50 million. I had, I had a guy, 
I won't tell you who it is, but he's made over $11 million in the last three years. We're having dinner. He says to me, Iron, he says, you know, like, I want a lifestyle like yours. He makes more money than me. I want a lifestyle like yours. I want to be able to make, like, if I could just net a million dollars a year, if I could net a million dollars a year and play golf every day, oh, sign me up for that program. He said, I mean, yeah, we have some $500,000 months, but in those $500,000 months, we might spend two hundred fifty dollars to $300,000 on ads. I've been in business as an entrepreneur. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. So it is what it is. I've been in business since 1985. I haven't spent $250,000 on ads since 1985. Anyway, so hashtag just saying. So, so anyway, so my business model is simple, high profit, high volume. And we've got a system for doing that. And the system is producing results, not just for us, but it's also producing results for our students. Um, I just saw a picture of Eileen. She's one of my students. Um, just in a coaching conversation on the phone a year ago, she's like, Myron, I really want to work with you. She had already put down a deposit. She needed to come up with um, ha her down payment for my high-end coaching program. Um, and she's like, I, I, I want to I I do this. Where do I get the money? And so I said, make more offers. I said, take the number of offers you do a year, do that number of offers in a month, take the number of offers you do in a month, do that number of offers in a, uh, a week, take the number of offers you do in a week, do that number of offers every day, you'll have the money in 30 days. You've got a $4,000 offer, raise the price to 6,000, give people who are in your network right now an opportunity to buy it before the price goes up. 30 days from now, you'll have the product, you'll have the money. She calls me in six days. She said, Myron, I just made $18,000 this week in six days, right? Because she did, um, she collapsed timeframes by making more offers and also by making better offers. So um, that's, you have to have the right business model. So I just shared with you my business model formula. So the, this is what I, like, the, I'm not teaching you any theory. This, none of what I'm sharing with you is theory. This is how Myron lives his life every single solitary day, okay? Right now, this conversation that I'm having with you, this conversation that I'm having with you, you're a very pleasant human being, by the way. It is the most work I've done all day. Like right now, the sweat, the great beads of perspiration that are breaking out of my brow, this is as much <laughs> as I've done in my business today. And tomorrow I'm not working at all, and either I'm not working the next day, and I'm not working the next day, and I'm not working the next day, because I'm taking pretty much taking the rest of the year off. I mean, I'll, I'll do some interviews from time to time if they show up, but I'm taking the rest of the year off and just the revenue that we'll bring in over the next couple of weeks. I mean, we're going to bring in 12 to 15,000 a week if I don't even get out of bed. Right. That's because so we set it, we set it up in a way that doesn't require me to do a whole bunch of everything all the time. Myron's Oh, Myron's no, Myron's not. Okay. Um, and we'll have Gus up to, you know, 200 and whatever thousand dollars if I'm actually doing some work. Right. So anyway, so the next business model, I mean, the next thing after that is you have to have the right business market. So if you take the right business model and then you combine that with the right business market, now what you have is you have, you have, um, you have a quantum leap. You have a, you have an exponential explosion. It's like, it, it sends your revenue generation into the stratosphere in a way that doesn't even make any sense to you. 
right? So what is the right business market? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you, there are three different business markets that you can play in. You can play in the commodity market, which I hate. I don't hate, I, I just hate it. Here's why I hate it, because it's the race to the bottom. What is the commodity market? Let's say you sell hairbrushes, you sell hairbrushes. So you sell your hairbrush for four dollars. So I'm going to sell mine for three ninety-five. Now I'll show you. I'll sell mine for three ninety. Well, I'll show you. I'll show sell mine for three eighty. Show you. I'll sell mine for three seventy. Who wins? Nobody wins. We both lose, right? People say the customer wins, but they eventually don't win because we both got a business. Now they're going to have nasty-looking hair because nobody has hairbrushes anymore, right? So commodity market. I don't like the commodity market because the price is set by the competition, and the thing. That the thing that creates the highest value in business, which is the conversation with your customer, that doesn't happen until they're ready to pay. Well, if the conversation doesn't happen until they're ready to pay, then the only value they get for a commodity is its intrinsic value. What's the intrinsic value of a brush? I can brush my hair, right? That's the intrinsic value. Um, no conversation. Here's the conversation I have with you when I'm ready to buy your brush. How much is the brush? You tell me how much it is. I take that money out of my pocket. I give it to you and I leave the store and you've made your 10 to 30% margin on the brush. If we didn't race to the bottom and it's like, what a yucky business model. And how many brushes do I got to sell to make some money? A lot. Right? So I don't like commodity markets. Um, so if I'm operating in a commodity market, then, um, I am literally setting myself up for heartache, frustration, and potential poverty. So I'm gonna operate in a different arena. What's the next market? Well, the next market is um, medium main markets. In a medium main market, the price is set by the cost of goods. One of the biggest problems I see that people have as entrepreneurs, they go into entrepreneurship and what do they do to set their prices? They look at the, how much are they selling for? Well, they're selling it for $9.97, I'll sell mine for $9.97, right? I've got a, I probably shouldn't do this. I won't show you the name of it. I've got, I'm gonna show it to you though. I've oh, got, I'm so excited. I've got this speaker course right here that you can't see. This speaker <laughs> course, okay? It's got all these DVDs and CDs in it. I'm not showing you. The guy that I bought this from, it's one of the best. Oh, I just showed it. I, I couldn't really see it. it. I couldn't okay. see it. The guy who I bought this from is one of the best speakers, maybe the best speaker I've ever heard. Like he was phenomenal. And I said, I don't know what he said. If he sells a speaker course, I'm buying it. I bought it three years ago. I'm thinking it's got to be five, six, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. He sold his speaker course for $700. I said, well, I'll buy it. But then I never listened to it, never went through it. I mean, how good could it be? It's only 700 bucks. Maybe, it, maybe it's great. But I think what he probably did was he looked around at what other people were selling speaker trainings for. He said, well, I'll sell it for something around that price. Not this brother. My speaker training is $55,430. People say, Myron, how, do you, how can you charge that much? Like this, when people ask me, how much is it? $55,430. Say, well, <laughs> say, how can you charge people that much money? Um, because I already know the result I can help them achieve. See, here's what I believe. If I can't help you get, 
a 10x result, my price is too high. In the next 12 months, my price is too high. If I can help you get a 10x result, I should be able to guarantee you a 3x result in the next 12 months. Like, guarantee. Money back, guaranteed, 3x result. I'm going to tell you right now. Listen, let's say I'm selling. I'm not, I'm not selling my speaker training, but let's say I was. And I said to you, Lisanne, here's the deal. My speaker training, where I teach people how to sell from the stage, is $55,430. I'm going to show you how to do events like I do events. I just had an event in Tampa three weeks ago. Okay? I do stuff that nobody, nobody who has events does. Okay? I had a two-day event, went from 9 in the morning to 9 at night. I had some of my students speak there. One of my students did, I think he did $6,000 in sales. I had 30 people there. He did $6,000 in sales. Oh, by the way, he did $6,000 in sales before I even made my offer. I had another one of my students there. She did $13,000 in sales. Oh yeah, before I even made my offer. Are you ready for this? And then I made my offer and I did $320,000 in sales. Stop, with the same people. And the same people. Wow. I had one of my students, I spoke at his event back in April, okay? Now, let me tell me if you would like to have this result. He invites me to come, he did, his, he did his event in Tampa so I could be there. He only had 15 people there. He makes his offer, he does $250,000 in sales with 15 people in the room. No, not 200. Let me see. Is that right? No, I'm sorry. He did 150000 $150,000 in sales with, um, with 15 people in the room. Not a bad deal. I, not a bad day, right? Now, wouldn't you like his story to be your story? Absolutely. Does it matter to him that my speaker training is $55,430? Does he care? Not with that result. Because the last event we did together, he did $80,000 in sales. Right? Okay. Hang in there with me. I'm going somewhere. He has me stand up after he does $150,000 in sales. He wants me to stand up, teach some stuff, make an offer. I did another $150,000 in sales. We did $300,000 in sales with 15 people in the room. Would you like to learn that skill? Sign me up. Right. And if it costs less than $150,000, whatever it is, it's, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to ask you, would that be worth it? If it? As long as it's less than $150,000, you know that you're going to make your money back. Now, what? make it better. What if I said, Lisanne, here's what I'm going to do. You, I'm going to let you take advantage of the speaker training for $55,430. If you don't triple your investment in the first 12 months, I'm going to give you all your money back plus $5,000. Now what happens? Got a guarantee. It, it becomes a no, total no-brainer. Yeah. Most people who teach something and sell a training, they're afraid to give a money-back guarantee. You know why? They're not sure which part of the thing they sell produces the result. Mm. That's why they put so much stuff in it. This manual that I just showed you, that's his speaker training manual. My speaker training manual is 23 pages. 
23. Now, if you got to learn how to speak, would you rather go through 962 pages? Or would you rather go through 23 pages in two days and then leave with a skill that you can go monetize? So Choice B, Myron, choice B. So all I'm doing is I'm showing you, like, the reason I can, do, I don't, I'm not in a commodity market. We talk about commodity markets. We talk about medium main markets. I didn't even tell you that a market where the price is set by the cost of goods. In other words, you sell cars. Cost X amount of dollars to make a car. You market up 15 to 30%. You can sell the car for that price. Um, you sell houses. You can mark them up 15 to 30%. Cost you $100,000 to build the house. You can sell it for $115,000 to $130,000. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Here's what I don't love about that in addition to the fact that the markup is so small. I don't like the fact that all of the conversation that happens about your product happens with the customer and someone else before they ever come in contact with you. They go on Zillow, they research how much houses in that neighborhood should be, and they come and tell you how much they're willing to pay you for your house. They go on Kelly Blue Book, they look up how much the car should be, or they go on Carfax, they look up how much the car should be, they come to tell you this is how much I'm willing to pay for the car. I don't want to be in a market where the cost of goods plus the customer's research determines the price of what I sell. If I'm a business owner and I'm the one that has to pay all of my employees and my bills, who do I want to set my prices? Who? You. Exactly. So I have to be in the market where I can set the prices. And so, the only market I ever want to sell in is a PVM. What's PVM? Premium value markets. I only want to sell premium value products in a premium value market. Why? Because if I'm selling in a premium value market, now I determine the price and the conversation that I have with the people who are going to buy happens long before, long before they ever know what the price is. So by the time they learn the price, the price is irrelevant because I've already uncovered all the value. Wow. How did I uncover the value? I uncovered the value with my words because a product can only have two types of value. Like I've got this crocodile skin wallet, right? So there's only two values this wallet can have. It has an intrinsic value. That is, it serves a purpose. It holds my credit cards and my debit cards and my identification cards and my money, right? So it serves a purpose in my, in my floss sticks, right? Okay, so it, holds, <laughs> it, has, a, it has a purpose. But, but I could, like, I don't need a crocodile skin wallet to hold these things. I could just get a, go down to Macy. I could go down to uh, Marshall's and get a wallet for $7. Why would I get this exotic, super cool wallet? Because the perceived value of this wallet is how it makes me feel. Does that make sense? I drive a Bentley Continental GT. A Bentley Continental GT is about almost a $300,000 car. Here's what I'm gonna tell you about a $300,000 car. Nobody needs a $300,000 car, nobody, no one in the world needs a car that costs $300,000. Like I personally don't ever go to Walmart and I've asked my wife and she has conceded to like, if you want to buy something for me, 
I don't care if it's food, whatever it is, don't buy it at Walmart. People who buy stuff at Walmart buy it because it's cheap, right? People who, so you want to learn to sell to affluent people. Why? Because people who are affluent buy stuff because it's expensive. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I want to, I want the best. So like when I do my events, I have three ticket prices. I have a $47 ticket, a $297 ticket, and a $1,297 ticket. What's the $1,297 ticket? That is the VIP ticket. If I don't have a VIP pricing structure, I am telling the best people in the world that I could have at my event, don't come here. We have nothing for you. They will buy it if for no other reason than because it's $1,297. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because premium value markets, the price is determined by the perceived value and the perceived value is created by the story that's attached to the item and then how that story makes you feel. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So watch what happens. If I have a, if I have the right business market and the right business model, so I've got a high profit times high volume business model that I'm selling into a premium value market. Now I've only got to get one more component right and I can be rich. What's that component? I have to have the right marketing message. I have to have the market to message match. I have to have the message that attracts my ideal customers and repels everybody else. And a lot of people who are watching this right now, when I said my speaker training is $55,430, they said, I'd never buy it. Great. That's exactly why I told them the price. Mm. I, I know that sounds hard and I don't mean that. I, it's not because I'm an arrogant, pompous imbecile, but literally like people who don't feel like they're worth it. I don't want them to waste my time. Does that make sense? Yeah. You want most, people that are going to move. Right. Most people are afraid. Like if you saw like who some of the people who have taken my speaker training are, it would blow They're like, Oh, these are the people who everybody's learning from. This is the guy they're learning from. Exactly. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. like there are high profile people with millions of followers who pay me to teach them how to sell. There's a reason for that because I understand the game at a high level and I've been in the game for a long time. I know I only look like, cause I shaved off my beard. I only look like I'm in my thirties or forties, but I'm 58. I'll be 60 in a year and a half. So <laughs> I've, been, I've, look been in, good. I've been in the game a long time. You see what I'm saying? So, so thank you by the way. So, so the whole thing is you got to get your message right. You have to have your messaging appeal to your ideal target customer. And when it does, you got all those other things in place. It creates a synergy that will take your life to a whole new dimension. Okay. So one of the questions that has just been burning inside is like, since you have this, you've developed, you've trained your brain to think how to see patterns and how to apply them in different situations. How does mm -hmm. that affect how you set goals in your business? or how you make adjustments for, for what you're doing in your business. Cause you, you're, my guess is because you are the type of person you are, you're seeing new patterns all the time. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, the patterns aren't new. My ability to recognize them is new, mm. right? Cause the patterns have been there ever since. 
So like everything that was necessary to make the internet and this com these computers that we're talking on have been here since the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. We just figured out how to finally access these resources. We finally got enough resourcefulness to use these resources to produce a resource that would benefit us in this way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the patterns were. Um, so I'm going to say, um, I don't, I'm not really the goals guy. I don't write stuff down and say, okay, this is what, like, I look at how, for instance, my daughter, who's brilliant in her own right, my son's brilliant in his own right. My daughter's like, dad, you need an application funnel. So your speaker training, blah, 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 blah. okay. Like, okay, Dee fine. And I heard her and it made sense, but like, she knows that for me, lifestyle and legacy are more important than just money and stuff, right? I, yeah, I drive a Bentley and I live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood, but like I could live, I could have Chantley's and three Rolls Royces if I wanted to and live in a house that would swallow this one for breakfast, right? But I don't really care about, that's not, that's not stuff that I care about. I care about lifestyle. So I care about the fact that my wife and I get to take four or five vacations a year. I care about the fact that in January we're going on the two CCX cruise. And then um, in February we're going on another cruise. And then in March we're going to Israel for 14 days. And then in the summertime, we're going to take our children to Banff for a week, maybe 10 days. And then in August, we're going to Hawaii for 10 days for our anniversary again, like we always do. And then in November, we're flying back, we're flying to Greece and touring Greece and then sailing to Israel and touring Israel and then sailing to Egypt and touring Egypt. See, to me, that plus playing golf every day, more valuable to me than all the Rolls Royces and all the private jets and all the other stuff that is a big deal to other people. Why? Because to me, life is not a quality of your life is not measured by the number of years of experience you have, but by the number of experiences you put in your years. And I want to put as many experiences in my years as I possibly can. So if the average person takes one vacation a year and I take five vacations a year, I literally collapse time frames, and every year of mine is like five years of the average person. The average person plays golf once a month and I play golf 20 times a month then I get to live 20 years every year. I get to live 20 years of golf, five years of vacation every year, 20, year, tw 20 years of golf. Yeah, 20 years of golf every year. Like they play once a month, I play 20. No, I'd have to pay, if they play once a month, I'd have to pay, play 20 times a month. Yeah, I get to live 20 years of golf every year. So I get to pay, like in my lifetime, I'll get to play seven, eight, nine, ten 10 lifetimes of golf. I'll get to take, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, 40 lifetimes of vacations. So how many experiences? Lifestyle to me is more important than money. The reason money is there is for lifestyle and legacy. Like when I die, I don't want my children to have anything financially to worry about. My grandchildren, like when I, like when my daughter got married, when my son gets married, my wife and I are going to give him the house we live in and we're going to buy another house. We were able, when my daughter got married, we were to give them a house. Like, legacy and lifestyle that's what's important to me not bigger house bigger car more money blah 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 like like i want the experiences and i want the experiences with the people i love the most so so i don't really set goals like that but my daughter built this funnel and she built it we sent some traffic to it it did like two hundred ten thousand dollars in the first 30 days with zero ad spend so now we're setting up the traffic waterfall that we're going to send to this funnel right and I fully expect it in 2020 
to get to the point where we're doing between six hundred and nine hundred thousand dollars a month just from that one funnel, not including all the other stuff we already do. So, that's leverage right there. That's leverage. I love that. That's powerful. Um, okay, well, Byron, for for people that are interested in either following your journey or figuring or, or want to know more about the the types of programs and services that you offer, where can people find find access to those things? Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you like it all like for the people who know you want to take your life to another level. I'm gonna do like a beginning of the year decision makers discount for people who want to learn learn speaking, and I'm gonna do something really special if especially if they tell me they came from this podcast so go to stagesellingsecrets.com and look at the success stories of some of the students that we have on it we don't even have we don't even have half of our students on there we just have a i don't know five or ten or fifteen i don't even know how many it is go see if you'd like here's a question to ask yourself when you go to stagesellingsecrets.com www.stagesellingsecrets.com when you go there ask yourself this question as you read those stories and watch those videos, would I like their story to become my story? If the answer to that is yes, fill out an application and we'll have somebody talk to you to see if you qualify to work with me. And if you do, congratulations in advance. And I don't I mean that arrogant way. And like, I don't think I'm so special, but I know stuff. I know stuff about making money that other people don't know. I've been in the game a long time. So anyway, so that's where to go. That's perfect. I'll put, I'll put that link in the, in the notes and I really appreciate you telling us about, about what you do and about for being willing to give that link for people that are like, yes, 2020 is going to be different for me. And, and for those listeners that are like, yes, Myron is someone that I would love to have the opportunity to work with. So Myron, you have dropped so many marketing value bombs on us today. You have just been dropping things left and right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that I'm going to be able to go back and listen to this again and again and again and pull out different um, tactics and be able to implement each one of those. So I just want to thank you for me personally and then also for the listeners because I know that they are going to get incredible value out of the time that you've been able to spend here on the Marketing Matrix today. Thank you. It has been my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Marketing Matrix podcast. On the next episode, I'm going to do a solo episode diving deep into the what we call psychographics aspect of dream traffic. Every time I discuss psychographics with my clients, their minds are blown as there are aspects about their ideal customer that they just haven't thought about. Listen in to hear the whole thing and how it will help you in your business. And while I've got you, I wanted to tell you about the new Marketing Matrix Toolbox we have created just for you. Inside are free tools that our guests have that we've compiled from our guests that have been giving that they have been giving to us since the beginning of our show. To go get free and instant access, go to www.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com/toolbox. See you next time on the Marketing Matrix.